go to the word of God, I want to share with you, amen, what it is I believe that I have to say by being led by the Spirit of God, and then we're going to try to move right along out of your way, amen? Amen. amen. As I previously stated that today is uh, Pentecost Sunday, amen? And so I want to deal with that on this church anniversary to some degree, amen, as we embrace what it is that I believe God wants to say to this house for such a time as this. If you would, grab your Bibles and stand with me. We're going to um, a few scriptures. I, I, I really want to kind of touch just a little bit this morning. Acts chapter 2, amen. Glory to God. Acts chapter number 2. And we're going to look at verse number one through four. Are we there? Amen. Let's read the word of God. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Verse number two. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Joel chapter number two. Joel chapter number two. Joel, the book of Joel, the book of Joel. Chapter number two. And when you get there, let me know that you get there. Somebody by saying amen. amen. Joel chapter number two. The word of God says in verse number 28 is where I want to be. Are we there yet? Amen. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams, young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire, pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Father, I thank you now for this, your word, that you would speak to us out of your will and your counsel. I thank you that you would let me say nothing of myself, but only that which glorifies and honors you. That you would have your way in this very moment. Now, Lord, let the weight of your glory rest in this very room. God, you alone be glorified. We thank you for the anointing that makes preaching easy, that destroys the yokes, that sets the captives free. And then, Lord, after the preaching of your word and after you have moved, we will not dare take credit for what you are about to do in this place. But we will say to God be the glory for the things that he has done. And we give you praise, glory, and honor for it now because we've asked it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, let the church say amen. amen. On your way down to your seat, would you just share this thought with somebody to the right or to the left? Or maybe the never mind, as I like to say. But just tell somebody, say neighbor. Neighbor. 
no, 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 no. I need you to say it with a little bit more excitement in there. All right, come find somebody else and just liven up a little bit and say, neighbor. Neighbor. Oh, neighbor. The Lord said, I'm going to keep my promise. Tell somebody else on your way down, he's going to keep his promise. Um, that's what I want to talk about this morning. For the next few moments, I want to talk from the subject, he's going to keep his promise. Just for a few moments, if you'll allow me to give you just some history here. When we deal with Pentecost Sunday, Pentecost Sunday is not a New Testament experience. It is not isolated to the New Testament. In fact, Pentecost roots come from the Old Testament. The Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Shabbat would occur exactly 50 days after the Feast of Pesach. Now, we are introduced to the Feast of Pesach or the Feast of the Passover in Exodus chapter number 15. After 400 years of Egyptian bondage, the Lord sent Moses from Moshe back to the same people he was birthed out of. The scripture says Moses, when he was born, was born a Hebrew. And because Pharaoh had made the decree that all babies under two should be killed, his mother made a basket of straw and tar and sent Moses down the river and spared his life. And he would end up by divine providence. It was by happenstance in her opinion, but it was by divine providence in God's plan. He would end up at Pharaoh's palace where Pharaoh's daughter would be taking a bath. And the scripture says that as she saw the child, she had compassion on him and sent for the maidservant who was by chance in their opinion, but by providence, by God's plan, the baby's sister. And the baby's sister was sent to draw him out of the water, which is where his name comes from, because the name Moses means drawn out of water. Glory to God. He was drawn out of the water. And the scripture says that Pharaoh's daughter said to her, we should get a maid to raise him, a servant to raise him. And so, of course, the daughter, by virtue of the fact, knowing that this was her brother, would go and fetch who? Her mother. And the mother would raise her own son, who by law should have been killed because destiny had called for him. I want you to know that when destiny calls you, it doesn't matter what odds are stacked against you. And I don't care who else has to deal with the consequences of Pharaoh's decree. If God has destined you for greatness, they can throw everybody else in the river, but you're going to survive. Would you take somebody around you and say, I'm a survivor, I'm a survivor. I know I'm sitting in church and I'm looking real cute today and I don't look like I've been through nothing, but I've been through hell and high water to get where I am. Tell them, don't let these nails fool you. Don't let this weed fool you. Don't let these clothes fool you. Don't let this roll. I've been through something to get where I am. I ain't got nobody to have to preach. I said, I've been through something to get where I am in here today. Somebody shout, I've been through, I've been through. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, Moses had a divine calling. He had a divine calling. This call preserved him in the face of what should have been a death sentence happened to be God's divine intervention. And the scripture says he would be raised in Pharaoh's palace. He would eat Pharaoh's food and dress in Pharaoh's clothes. He was educated like an Egyptian, dressed like an Egyptian, and trained like an Egyptian, and raised like an Egyptian. He slept like an Egyptian. Good God rode on the chariots like an Egyptian, but he was a Hebrew who should have been dead. And yet because finance of Pharaoh sustained him, God made it so that the same enemy who destined to kill him had to finance his future. I got no help in here. I said the same man who meant to kill him had to finance his future. Don't you know that if God is for you, he's more than the whole world against you? If God has your back, it doesn't matter who don't like you, and it doesn't matter who's not for you. If God be for you, who can? Thank you, somebody. Moses is raised there. Now, for a certain time, he's there in Pharaoh's palace and raised in Pharaoh's court. True scripture says that something happens on a particular day. You know, in the country, we say it like this, that you can take the Negro out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the Negro. Now, that's to say that the fact that even though Moses was raised like an Egyptian and dressed like an Egyptian and fed like an Egyptian and educated like an Egyptian, you could not change the fact that in actuality he is a Hebrew. And who you are is going to eventually come out of you. You can say the song as we say for so long, but after a while, what's in you? Come on, somebody talk to me again. Don't look at me crazy. If you know I'm telling the truth, say amen. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says the anger of Moses caused him to murder those who were abusing his people. And the Bible says that for this cause, Moses had to take flight and run for his life. Fast forward to make a long story short, he has a transformation on the backside of the desert and the Lord sends him back to Egypt to send a word to Pharaoh some years later saying, let my people go. And you know the story. The Bible says that God sent plagues throughout the land, pestilence throughout the land. And one of those plagues was that death would come through the city. And the scripture says, if you could just take just a little bit of the bass out of the night and give it just a little bit of volume in the monitors. And the Bible says that death was going to come through the city. And as death would come through the city, the firstborn of Pharaoh's house was going to die. But death, brothers and sisters, had a mark. Actually, the scripture says the Lord passed through the city. That's, that's really what the scripture says. And death followed him. Lord, have mercy. I got no help in me. Uh, he passed through the city. But he told Moses a secret. He said, Moses, I'm going to tell you something, son. This is what I want you to do when you get to Egypt. He says, just tell my people that belong to me. Tell Israel who I've called by my name and I've given my name to. Tell them that when I get ready to come through the city, before I come, this is what they need to do. Go get an unblemished lamb. And when you get the unblemished lamb, he said, I want you to eat of it. It's called the Passover. And he said, whatever you don't eat, I want you to burn it with fire. He says, but then I want you to take the blood of that lamb. And I want you to put it over the doorpost of the house. And whenever I see the blood, I will... Somebody shout.
shall pass over. Now the word pass over does not mean to bypass or to skip by. In fact, the Hebrew connotation of the word Passover means to cover. He does not disacknowledge me, he covers me. So it's not that I'm not there, it's just that what's looking for me can't find. Or the reason you're still here is because God covered you when the enemy was looking for you. Come on, somebody say, he covered me. Somebody say he covered me when the enemy was trying to kill me. Well, you want to touch somebody else in here and say he covered me when the enemy was trying to kill me. Young brothers and sisters, the Bible says that as the death came, as death came through the city, God would cover the firstborn of Israel's house. And none of them died because of this covenant that he made with Moses and his people. This is the Feast of Pesach or the Feast of Passover. And then 50 days after that, we were coming to the Feast of Shabbat. Now, Shabbat is when God led Moses up on the mountain called Sinai, which is also called in the Old Testament Horeb. And Sinai or Horeb was the place where God gave Moses the Torah or the Decalogue, or the Ten Commandments, as we call them. This is the place where he gave him instructions as to how Israel should behave themselves and how they should conduct themselves. And while we are most common with the ten that are inscribed on the tablets, there's over 600 laws that he gave to Moses regarding what they should do and what they should not. Lord, help me in here. I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, that 365 thou shall not was listed out of the 600 and some odd commandments. And the number 365 refers to a Hebrew word, shasah, and it means to destroy or to break down. That's in Hebrew. But in the Aramaic, it means to edify. So he says that these 365 things that I tell you not to do, if you don't do them, it will break down the enemy's plan against you. But the same thing that breaks down his plan against you will build you up. He says it's going to tear your enemy down, but it's going to build you up. Would you help somebody here and tell them, say, neighbor, God's word. Is to help me, not hurt me. We need to tell somebody else. See, I know people don't want to hear this anymore, but they are still, even under grace, there are some things we ought not do. I know how you go in this generation of church, everybody feels like everything is all right, but I want you to know there are still some things that ain't right. I know I said that. I said that. There are some things that just ain't right. If you're a believer, you ought not be caught doing it. Somebody say that. There's a standard that comes with this life. There's, there is a requirement that comes with this life. And I'm just at the point where we just need to tell church folk, if you're going to be holy, be holy. But if you're not, you need to pick a side. Touch a body and say, pick a side, pick a side. Pick a side because what's happening is the church is supposed to be winning the world. But the world 
don't want nothing to do with the church because church folk act worse than the sinners. Oh, have mercy, Jesus. How you going to tell me Jesus can save me and you on the club floor with me? Oh, God, help me again. Y'all know what I'm going to preach out there. Know it, I know you don't hear that, but, but we got to tell this generation that there is a difference between clean and unclean. Yeah. We've got to tell this generation that there is a difference between holy and unholy. Yeah. He said, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Yeah. I want you to know that if we're going to be effective in this generation and the power is going to come back to the church, there has got to be a separation. We can't be like the world. Lord have mercy, church is quiet. Preach, Pastor Griffin, I will. I want you to know that there's got to be a difference between us and them. Because they're not going to come to us if we're acting just like them. I've got to get an amen. I'm going to preach for these amen. I came to help somebody. Somebody in here is ready for power. Somebody in here is ready for the next dimension. Somebody here is ready for fresh anointing. And it's going to start when you separate yourself. Lift up your hands and say, I want power. Brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Brothers and sisters, as we hasten to move in this morning, this is where we see the Feast of Pesach, which is Passover, and the Feast of Shabbat, which is Pentecost. Fifty days after the Passover, they celebrate Pentecost. Now, here we go. I want to move forward to this. And the reason why we're here, we touch, first of all, with Joel chapter number two. And the reason why we dealt with Joel chapter number two is because Joel chapter number two is the prophecy. Uh, the Lord spoke to the prophet Joel and told him that there would come a day, thank you Holy Ghost, there would come a day when the Lord would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Glory to God. And Joel chapter number two, the text is prophetic. He is speaking of a futuristic event that has not yet occurred. Uh, but when we get to Acts chapter number two, Acts chapter number two is the fulfilling of what he had spoken some hundreds of years ago. Can you imagine what it must have felt like for hundreds of years of time to lapse between the time God spoke it and the time God performed it? You know, you know one of the problems with church folk is we don't learn how to, we have not learned how to wait on the Lord. And we have not learned how to be patient. Or we can speak in tongues and we can dance and we can cry and we can fall out. Uh, but when we leave the church, it's almost like we're bipolar. Uh, because Pastor Ann just preached the heart out and you fell out and laid all over the floor and we cried and snotted all over the church. And now church is over and we're calling Pastor Ann on Monday and we're calling her on Tuesday and we're calling on Wednesday about the same thing that she just prayed for me on Monday. Oh, have mercy. It's as if the enemy zapped what we got on church in about a minute. Some of us today had not even gone down yet and we're already doubting what God has spoken. But I want you to know that sometimes when God gives you a promise, there is a process before it manifests. And I church folks are like a process. We live in a microwave society. People are lazy, don't want to cook no more. So they 
the same way in church. People want overnight miracles. People want overnight signs. But I want you to know that the greatest blessings and the most memorable and the most appreciative blessings that we have ever have in our life are the miracles that take time. And would you tell somebody around you, the reason it's taking a little longer is because it's bigger than I expected. It's bigger than I anticipated. It's bigger than I intended. So he's making it take a little bit more time because it's bigger. I wish I had to go back to the old. I feel the Holy Ghost in me now. Oh, come on, somebody say it's on the way. It's on. I heard Isaiah say, and they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Somebody say, renew their strength. Or how they shall mount up on wings like an eagle. Now, let me give you some history here about the text to mount up like wings of an eagle. First of all, the eagle is a meticulous bird. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. The eagle is one of the only few birds that don't need to flap to fly. Have mercy because the eagle is intelligent enough to learn to wait on the wind. And when the wind gust is right, you just fly.
say yes. Come on and say yes, Lord. Come on and say hallelujah. Pastor Ann, I came to tell you, and I came to tell Tabernacle of Refuge that God said the bash is over.
plus. You know, we say 33, but technically there's a longer time span than that. So somewhere between 30 to 36 years, there's a span of public ministry. And the reason why we see this is, brothers and sisters, this is the time that Jesus imparts into the disciples. Because his whole purpose for coming is not just to be saved, but his purpose is to duplicate himself in the earth. to understand. 
look at M-O-N-E. That's Monet. All right, you got it? Sound like Monet. That just blessed me, but whatever. All right, so now we're moving forward. Now, this is what he wants them to understand. Now, watch what he tells them. He says, I, I want you, I don't want you to be so caught up on the fact that I'm here. He says, because, because I'm going to have to leave you. He says, but the reason why you don't have to let your heart be troubled, because of verse number 12, he says, now he that believeth on me and the works that I do, he shall do also. Not only shall he do it, but great. Somebody say great. Oh God. The Greek word for, for greater there is the word megas, and it's where we get our English word mecca. When you hear mega, what do you think? Yeah. You know, y'all up in the city, probably yeah. half in the country. But, but where y'all from? Y'all have what you call mega churches. Yeah. And whatever your opinion is about it, anybody ask you? <laughs> but but they're big, right? right. You yeah, know, when, when you say mega, there are some synonyms that come to mind. They see it. Great. Large. Mighty, gigantic, colossal, huge, magnanimous, extravagant, huge, sizable, vast, enormous, immense, massive. I ain't got no help in here. I'm telling you that what God wants you to do in simple terms is big. Somebody shout, he's got something big for me to do. The call of God on your life has got to be bigger than you. Would yeah. you just prophesy to somebody say he's calling me the bigger, he's calling me. He's calling me. Don't define me by where I am. Don't, be, don't define us by the size of our church. Don't define us by the cars we drive or the houses we live in because where I am is not who I am and where I am is not where I'm going. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
So here we are now. This is what he 
says in verse number 22. He says, and ye now therefore have sorrow. Now, watch what he tells them because I don't want you to miss this. He's talking about the fact that they're going to grieve over his death. But yet he tells them of the next thing in verse number 23. In that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you that whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. He didn't say give it to you. He said he will give it you. There's a difference. If you give it to me, you are handing over the thing. He says, I'm not interested in giving you power. I want you to become power. Can I tell you in this next season that whatever you've been asking God for, God said, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to cause you to become it. So if you've been praying for prosperity, you're going to become prosperity. If you've been praying for healing in your sick body, you're getting ready to become healing. You've got cancer, but you'll be able to walk to a diabetic and lay hands on them and watch them recover. Somebody shout, I'm about to become. All right, and my final point is the praise. Somebody say the praise. Because in verse number 23, he talks about the power of petition or their ability to pray. Because he says, whatever you shall ask in my name, I will do what? Give it you. But in verse number 22, the B comes moving forward. He says, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice. And your joy, no man will be able to take from you. So he says, when you see the manifestation of what I just promised you, you're going to have joy that can't nobody take from you. Why do you have joy? Simply because when God manifests a word that he told you a long time ago and it finally shows up, you start to celebrate and rejoice. Do I have anybody in Tabernacle of Refuge this morning that decided I'm not going to wait till the battle is over, but I made up in my mind that I'm going to shout win? Oh, come on, somebody. What I'm getting ready to do is go to my seat. But before I go to my seat, I came to tell about 15 people in Tabernacle of Refuge that God told me to tell you that I'm going to keep my promise. I wish you'd shake somebody's hand around you and say, neighbor, oh, neighbor, the promise that the Lord gave to you. The promise that the Lord spoke to you. The thing that the Lord told you. He's getting ready to bring it to pass. Come on and say yes. I wish somebody in there would get up out of your seat. And go shake somebody else's hand. And say neighbor. Don't get weary in well doing. For in due season you shall reap. If you faint not, go shake somebody else's hand and say, hang on in there. Say, don't give up because the promise is on the way. On the way back to your seat, open up your mouth and begin to shout.
gonna save your child. He's gonna save your child. If the Lord told you, He's gonna bring your son out of prison. Your baby's coming out of prison. If the Lord told you, you're gonna finish your degree. You're going to finish the degree. I don't care financial aid is blocking you. I don't care student affairs is blocking you. The word on your life is greater. You are going to open your mouth and shout greater. It's on my life. Greater. It's on my family. Greater. It's on this ministry. Greater. It's on my leader. And greater. It's on me. Open your mouth and say yeah.
It's a fulfillment of God's Pentecost is about celebrating the fact that God kept his word. He kept his word that an unblemished Passover lamb would die for our sin. Revelation 13 and 8. Behold the Lamb of God, which was slain when from the foundations of the world. Do you understand what that means? That means before Adam and Eve fell in the garden, God had already
He says, for 21 days, he says, I was coming with your answer. He says, but for 21 days, the prince of Persia, Gabriel, would you come on this side for me? Would you come on this side for me? No. Can you come with this? Just stand right here. So now she's the one praying, all right? So everybody better keep praying. Glory to God. Because what were they doing on the day of Pentecost? In the upper room, in one accord, in one place, doing what? They were expecting what God told them. Praying. Waiting on what God told them. Praying. Yeah. So she was waiting on the answer from God. But for 21 days, he was coming with the answer. But he couldn't get there. You just stand right here. Can you stand right here? Come, come to this side and just stand right there. He, he was coming with the answer. But he couldn't get to her with the answer. Because would you come with her? For 21 days, this man of God was hindering. Hold him. Just, just hold him. Stop him from getting there. For 21 days, this man was stopping him from coming with the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But guess what happened? Even when daddy didn't have an answer, he kept. Watch what happened. And the Bible says, you don't need to go home and read daddy chapter 2. The Bible says, as Daniel kept praying, the Lord sent another angel. See, when you keep praying, you call for reinforcement. Wait. And the Bible said, he sent another angel. Come on, go. Turn around. He sent another angel to hold the one who was holding your answer. Wait. And he did not let him go until your answer got to you. Lord have mercy. If you just keep praying, if you just keep seeking God, if you just keep trusting him, your answer is going to come. Somebody ought to lift your voice and shout.
She's not your Moses. Because Moses missed the promise land. Moses disobeyed God and missed the promise land. She's not Moses. Moses disobeyed God and saw it but couldn't go. She's not Moses. She's Joshua. She's Joshua. And this is Judah and Simeon. spoke to her in her 
and she knows that. He already told her that. And so whatever she's pouring out in this season, you need it more than you ever needed before. And I promise you, if you will believe every word that she's pouring out in this season, hallelujah, as she's transitioning into the next phase of her life, whatever you touch it, never go dry. If you start a business, it won't die. I said, if you start a business, it won't drive. Not if you stand at the door. If you stand at the other one, that's on this woman of God tonight. Because there is a, Holy Ghost spoke to me. There is an anointing that will cause residual blessings that flows from this woman of God. You've got a general and a giant in your face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
tell you for your shame, you shall have double. And he said to encourage you today to let you know that that season, you're at the end of it. It's always over. He says, you just came over. Oh, Shatea.
There's some things that are for you right now. I'm not talking about up the road. I'm talking about right now. Some stuff that the Lord is giving to do for you before the year is out. And I don't know what you drive, but the Holy Ghost said your car just changed. Oh, gosh. I wish somebody would help up. Somebody would you just help me just for a few minutes? Come on, just help me just for a few minutes. Come on, somebody help me, praise God. Somebody help me, praise God. Open your mouth and say yes. Do, but when you walk by me, tell her 
God said, tell her to invest. I see rental properties around. Glory to God. I don't know what you do, but you need to get some properties. Because God said he's favoring your hands for real estate with properties. You don't have to be a real attorney, but he said real estate. How about Shabbatia? It's coming into your hand. Favor for property. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody ought to help a praise God right there. Healing the part of places. 
strengthening me. And I hear the Lord saying, I have preserved you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Lord is getting ready to touch your body. And everything that's been out of whack is going to line up. Hey, I'm renewing your strength.